I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Time to join us now for Season 2, Episode 2 of the General Knowledge Podcast. And I am here with my uh, compatriot who missed the first episode and he's with us today, Ethan Nash from TOTT News. And I am, of course, your host, uh, Lee General Maddox here from realnewsaustralia.com. We hope you enjoyed uh, Episode 1 uh, just a couple of weeks ago with, with our uh, international guest, Rachel Seller. Um, today we've got um, Ethan on, like I said, and we're going to have a chat about all the things that we kind of missed out on in the bit of hiatus that we had between seasons. There was uh, heaps happening. There's still heaps happening. You know, we've got fires burning all over the place. We've got 5G popping up all over the place. We've got uh, the government trying to ban cash here in Australia. Um, we've got um, things like uh, vaccines that are still getting pushed upon us. There's all these little laws trying to get slipped through. All, all these other things are happening in Parliament, you know. So uh, we've got, uh, yeah, the uh, Ethan's uh, had a lot of work getting published uh, in in a new uh, in the New Dawn magazine and featuring on a few other websites, uh, which is really good. So we'll get into all that sort of stuff. Um, there's another thing we sort of wanted to talk about too. You would have heard in the preamble. Just before uh, listening to us and here on the podcast now, I've just inserted a, a bit of a snippet from the movie Network with uh, Howard Beale having his spiel there about, uh, you know, you, first you've got to get mad and um, that'll that'll take play. You'll understand why we've put that in there a little bit into this episode of the podcast as well. Uh, without any further ado, Ethan, man, how are you, brother? I know you've got a bit of storms. We've got some storms flying past us and a bit of a lightning, a bit of thunder, but we'll push through. All good if we hear a bit of crackling going on in the background there and a bit of rain. God knows we need it, man. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the introduction. And yeah, storms are brewing, mate. But that seems to be a sign of the times. The storms are brewing. So mm. looking forward to having a chat about everything today. Mate, kind of fitting, isn't it, for this episode? We've got storms <laughs> yes. literally brewing and we've got uh, the figurative storms brewing as well in terms of what's happening in the in the real world, too. 
Mm, yeah, it's very interesting, and a lot has been happening since we've we've been gone, mate. The world just keeps on keeps on going. Things keep getting more hectic and more hectic, and it's tough to keep up with it sometimes. It really is, man. But um, mate, you've been doing a really good job of keeping up with it. Um, I keep seeing plenty of um, plenty of material coming out of tottnews.com. So if anyone out there is listening to this and you are not uh, having a look at that website, please do and go the next step and uh, join up and become a member as well. It's, I mean, especially if you're an international um, one and you want to have an uh, international viewer or listener and you want to have uh, your finger on the pulse and what's happening over on this side of the world, it's going to cost you, you know, even less because uh, especially if you're in the States, uh, you know, the Australian dollar is not exactly... Uh, mm. hot, you know, tough purchasing. You can get that pretty cheap and, and log in and get some really, really good content of, uh, of tottnews.com there. So um, what we might do is we'll just have a, a quick flick through of what we've missed previously. Um, and by that, I mean just what has been sort of happening in our hiatus. We might just go over some of the things that you've put up there. Um, and I wanted to also cover... I just threw one up today, so I want to go over that too on uh, realnewsaustralia.com just with regards to uh, to a discussion with a 5G tower installer, uh, which is pretty mm. interesting. So um, I don't know if I didn't just publish that a little while ago. You probably haven't even had a chance to read it yet, but all good. Um, man, yeah, so have you got like a, maybe a top uh, maybe three or four or four or five pieces that um, we should probably at least just touch base on or even cover in depth? We'll see how we go. Um, you know, for what happened uh, during that sort of, you know, period where we weren't recording for about two months there yeah absolutely mate so just just taking a look now so the last time um obviously our season one hiatus that was back in august yeah, man august. time does fly um but yeah just just having a quick flick through um just having a look at some of the most popular posts uh over that time obviously we've seen increases with the uh, facial recognition saga that has been happening here in australia so i believe the last time our last episode actually we were talking about new laws that were under review uh to bring in the new national facial recognition system general yep. uh, that would allow obviously all of the driver's licenses, passport photos and identifications held by state governments to be, you know, uploaded into a database and used to identify people through the network of facial recognition cameras that are growing. Uh, so what we found out in September was obviously facial recognition cameras had been activated without notification in areas like Perth and Melbourne, which mm -hmm. Melbourne had never even been on the radar before that and that was very interesting but one of the positives that come out of that general was that last month facial recognition uh, legislation was actually blocked by the Senate's Intelligence Committee which was the first piece of legislation uh, blocked since 2002 in this country so that was a, a little bit of a victory there they've been told that it has to go back into uh, review mode and have better safeguards for citizens' rights, which was very uncharacteristic of the government. But given the mass amount of submissions that had come through, uh, there was obviously some great backlash to that. So yeah, which that's what's been happening. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's what's been happening on the, the facial recognition front. We're waiting to see if there's going to be new laws that are being introduced. But as I said, if you are in locations like Perth and Melbourne, they have activated the technology. It's just not linked to a 
national database yet, yep. but they're going to be obviously coming back to try and, and get some of that. So, well, they're, they're laying, they're laying the groundwork, there. aren't they, mate? That's what they're doing. They just lay all that groundwork so that it's just a matter of, you know, just flick that switch and then boom, they've connected it to the database in a way it's already set up, all in place, ready to go. You know what I mean? So it's like incremental. We'll do put a bit of this in, we'll put a bit of that in, we'll try a bit of legislation, see what happens, and then if it goes through, bam, they're up and running in a matter of like a week or so. You know, like it's just like instantaneous, bam. Absolutely, mate. And that's it. The the I've always said for years that the walls are being built around us. We just don't know that it's happening and you won't see until you look around and realise you can't get out of, of where you are. And this is, you know, a testament to this facial recognition saga. It's just been building and building. I mean, we first reported on this general in twenty seventeen when yeah, they first right. you know, they first signed the uh COG agreement, Coalition of Australian Governments Agreement following the Las Vegas shooting and it's just been a continuous saga since then of incremental buildings. You know, you, you throw in the smart city plan that's coming out here in Australia. Uh, everything is related and as you say, General, it's just going to be getting it to the right moment where they can get it through and it'll just be switched on in a matter of moments because the infrastructure has already been developed. So that's what I encourage people in that piece is, yes, this is a small victory in terms of the legislation not getting through, but the plan still is ongoing. So spreading the word, being, you know, active about it and and just trying to, to see what we can do about it, I think is key, even though the laws are still playing catch up, mate. So that's the facial recognition saga. What were your thoughts on on all of that, seeing that unfold over the last couple of months, mate? Yeah, pretty. Um, it's pretty hectic stuff. I mean, like I said, they they lay these little the groundwork first. Like you said, you got the there all these plans coming up now for the smart cities. They're trying to push out, which is, you know, we're talking five G wireless connected cities, everything interlaced, everything interconnected, um, and and they have to have that set up so that they can then activate these databases and the laws that they, they they write up all these laws don't they and these aren't done you know on off the cuff they have these things written up you know well in advance and if they don't get through or if they get knocked back they don't give up because everything else is in place they don't give up the strategy they just tweak it they go okay well we'll just change the name of the bill or we'll change a few things in it you know, and then push it through. And then, you know, they'll acquiesce a little bit to give people, oh, okay, you know, we we won't connect your, you know, a certain part of your details to the database or something. And then before you know it, they're either doing it illegally and it just becomes the way, or they then uh, introduce amendments to these little bills. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's only a small little amendment. Yeah, we'll just, you know, they seem to get those through as well. So, like I said, they they don't give up on their plans. They will. They just keep going. They've got the agenda. They've got their ideas in place. It's this big, full, full spectrum surveillance technocratic fucking system that they're trying to push forward. You know, and they're not giving up on it. They'll they'll get it one way or another. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it's as you said, it's 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 this whole technocratic plan. And when you look at it, it's tied to you know obviously other things, including the end of of personal privacy. Mm-hmm. You know, another another article that popped up uh, during the month of October was plans by the Australian government, our Attorney General, and the United States and United Kingdom governments 
have actually signed a letter and delivered it to Facebook saying that they want access to our personal messages. Now, people might be thinking, well, how can they just demand Facebook, a private company, do this? Well, if you do recall to some of our earlier episodes of the General Knowledge Podcast, we spoke about the passing of anti-encryption legislation in this country, which essentially uh, permits the Australian government to force companies to essentially create backdoors in their infrastructure, whether it be apps, whether it be websites, whatever the case may be, so that they can get access to it. And this is just following on from this. So, General, when you look at it, as we've spoken about before, this is the biometric state. This the biometric surveillance state that is unfolding. And it's so interconnected in so many different little pieces that sometimes, mate, people don't see the bigger picture because it's been designed that way. It's been designed to be incrementally introduced, to be pushed under the guise of freedom and security and privacy. But at the end of the day, General, we all know that there's a much bigger agenda um, going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and we've heard other... um other podcasters and alt media, independent media sources say the same thing, that uh, you know, data is the new oil. This is more valuable to the, to the new, well, to the technocrats who are the ones trying to put everything in place and you know, they want this to be the new system. So you know, they have no need for oil itself. They want, data is the new oil. It is the, the thing that they crave the most. They need it. They need data to run everything that they want to run. And... Uh, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing things fall into place. We're seeing, like you said, uh, our government trying to, you know, say, yeah, you can have all these apps and stuff, but here's a here's a little backdoor that you need to put in because we want some of that. We want a slice of the data pie, you know. Um, and we, I sort of talked about how they're doing this in a piece that I put up back in July called uh, part of the Track and Trace um stories that i've been putting up called track and trace full spectrum surveillance via social media so we sort of went into how they're doing this with all these different apps you know with face facial recognition apps and all that sort of stuff so it's all about having that back door in there to to government agencies so they can take their slice of the data pie yeah absolutely mate so that um that's all been unfolding and and as always we we keep up to date with it on our websites we're always sharing about it on social media as hopefully the rain behind me has calmed down a little bit mate i can hear myself talk now at least <laughs> yeah it was a bit loud but i mean it's, it's it wasn't interfering like i could i could hear it a little bit in the background but it's all good it's not going to interfere with the podcast man so no sweat yeah, no, that's fine. It's we just hearing myself, hearing myself <laughs> think, mate. Look out, I've jinxed it. Here it comes again. No, but um, yeah, that's that, that is the bigger picture um, of of things. And you know, I I detailed a lot of this in uh, the August September uh, edition of New Dawn magazine, where I did an article entitled uh, "Australia: The Path to Digital Tyranny." And in that, it's about a six seven page feature piece in that magazine where I I give a sort of historical context on everything that we've spoken about, obviously, and our readers and listeners are familiar with over the last few years, you know, from everything from the first expansion of intelligence agencies to anti-terrorism legislation to metadata to pretty much everything that's been thrown at us over that period. So um, if everyone's, you know, looking for that bigger picture, I definitely recommend you know, picking up that uh, magazine article. But as always, General, we, we follow it on our websites and, you know, it, we've just got to keep up to date on it because, as you said, they're just going to keep coming back. They're going to retweak it. They're going to do whatever they can to get it through. 
And if people can stay alert and aware of it with things like submission dates and how to get active in the community, you know, we could just keep a, a reoccurring cycle, you know, of, of public backlash that, that sort of stops them doing that is my sort of estimation. Yeah. But that's my thoughts on it yeah. anyway, mate. Well, I agree because that's that's one of the very few ways that, you know, we have any impact on changing these things. And, and we, you know, they don't like awareness. They hate that the public is aware of what they're doing. They've got to put it out there. They literally have to put it out there. Um, but, you know, it's not like they sit here and, you know, the government doesn't throw up links to, oh, here, we, we're going to change this law. Everyone check it out. You know, it's it's just tucked away on, on the whatever that government website is where they go and you can check out all the laws they're introducing and changing mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And if you're not really familiar with it, you wouldn't think to go there and check it. So it's it's... We need folks like you and, and me to, to let everyone know and others out there who are also doing it to, to let the public know, hey, this is this is what they're intending to do. This is the bill they've written or these are the amendments they've put forth, you know, and this is what it means. And if we let them get away with this, then what's the next? You know, what comes next? It's just another another piece of our security that's, um, yeah, they think it's, well, they, what's that thing we say like they're, that they they sell it to us under the guise of security, but it's really just eroding our rights. You know, that's a little bit by bit, that incremental mm. way that they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And and it's a testament. You know, we see it all the time, just how sneaky and and deceptive they can be. And you you've said it yourself. They don't go advertising this type of stuff. And yeah, no as you've said, if, if there's any impact that we can, you know, even try to make or you know have hope of making, it's just spreading awareness with people. You know, and I yeah. think that's why so many people have started gravitating to our websites mainly because, you know, it's not necessarily information that they haven't heard before. It's information that they're being kept up to date on in the present, what's happening right now, you know. And I think that that's really important because, as we've said, they can be sneaky and and that that relates perfectly just their tactics to another major piece that um, has been published and that was general, the, the updating, obviously, cash ban saga where mm. the cash ban was delayed and we're still awaiting a second inquiry into the cash laws, whether they'll be suitable for society. But the government has abandoned all parliamentary processes and has already pushed it through the lower house of representatives before even getting a conclusion on what the committee from the Senate recommends in relation to these laws. And what does that tell you? Well, you know what exactly. I mean? What does that tell you? It tells you they don't give a fuck what the committee comes up with. They don't <laughs> care what the committee comes up with. They've got their agenda. They don't want yep. cash. They want a cash ban. You know, and this is going to be the incremental way they do it. They can't just obviously come out and say cash is no longer acceptable. So they've set that limit of anything exceeding $10,000 in a transaction is now, well, they want it to be illegal. So it'll, mm. you'll be dobbed in, they'll, you'll cop fines, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you already know this or not. I may have mentioned this before a while ago, but any transactions that take place in Australia right now of $10,000 or more, whether it be in cash or even via electronic funds transfer, anything that exceeds $10,000 or more is goes, it goes through a government... Um, anti-money laundering department for them to basically flag it and look at it and if they think there's anything sus with it it'll then get put on further down the line and they'll investigate it more or if they think it's okay it just obviously then just keeps going through but it it, it it's like it doesn't just go through you know say if I went down somewhere and bought $10,000 worth of goods in one transaction um, 
it doesn't just go from my bank to their bank and away they go. It literally goes via that anti-money laundering department in the government. They check it. Everything that they check, it goes, it's, it's, it gets sent off to them. And I was introduced to that because they used, when I used to work in hospitality at a club, they had these people, representatives from those government departments coming out and doing seminars for the staff in the gaming area because they were like, well, if any, if, if any transactions come up that's this more, you know, you've got to let us know. Or, you know, if it's, if it's a cash one, they're like, you've got to let us know. If it's done via a check or if it goes into their bank account, then, you know, they'll pick it up automatically. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they, yeah. they were, like, encouraging people to dob it in, to dob in people, you know, doing transactions of $10,000 or more. It was very interesting. But that's been around for a long time. So, hence, that's why it's it's a $10,000 amount now because that was always that amount. Um, so, that's why they're, they're wanting to ban it over that over that amount. Whereas, um, further down the track, what it's going to happen is that, that I think that amount may even get reduced uh, you know, incrementally. We could be seeing that for, for uh, you know, I'm not sure. Couldn't put a, a date on it, but possibly maybe another five to ten years away, it'll get it'll get reduced down to a bit more and then a bit more. And before you know it, uh, it's it's anyone using cash transactions, you know, you've got to record it. You've got to let us know. You've got to dob them in. Because they want an end to cash. They can't control cash the way they want to control it because of the black market, so to speak, in cash. Um, they want it all done electronically. That's 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 the end goal. Yeah, absolutely, General. And it's interesting, you know, um, we've covered this obviously on our websites and it's it's absolutely the agenda. You know, the head of the Royal Bank, uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia, he has said that cash is becoming a niche payment. You know, all the stats, all of the reports show that cash, cashless transactions are out outperforming uh, cash multiple years in a row over millions and millions of transactions, and the shift just keeps getting worse and worse. And this is just, as you've said, this incremental phase to eliminate cash, but. It's interesting you mentioned that the the $10,000 sort of laundering detection has already been going on because one of the justifications for this law was that they need to introduce this to crack down on the black market, which is always, it's always striked me as funny because it, you've already been doing that yeah. with the $10,000 limit. Well, that, that's, you know, that's, like, that's, your, that's your guys. That's the guys of why they're trying to bring it in. That's the selling point. Exactly. I mean? It's not about but that, it, but that's the selling point. Exactly. But it's like people aren't putting the connection together to go on, hang on a minute, you've already got a system mm. which examines anything over $10,000. Now you're putting a ban on anything over $10,000. What really is the difference? Well, the difference is the ban aspect of it. You know, now you're going to be limited at that point. And as you've said, General, it's going to be normalized because people have already been accepting this for years mm. in terms of the, the laundering scheme. And, and as we've seen in other countries, it'll just keep getting less and less and less each year from 5000 to 2500 to 1000 Before you know it, you know, cash is a thing of the past. And this is what the ultimate agenda is because they can't control cash, as you've said, in the way that they want to. They can't control what's happening in the so-called black economy, even though most of the black economy transactions are recorded by the government anyway. They're the ones at the top of the drug trade. They're the ones at the tr top of all of these things that influence the black market. If they really wanted to shut the black market down, they would. But it's not about black market money. This is about 
putting a ban on on everyday cash transactions. Mm. And, well, they need you know, they need doesn't... the black market themselves. Governments need this black market. They do. Yeah, they use it. Um, uh, you know, um, all the big you know all the big drug lords around the place. They and all the big corporations. You know, they channel it through banks and stuff. I mean, and the government knows this because they also do the via you know special black ops type things that they need to do and they want to pay for things they can't have that sort of stuff on the book so they they do it in the black market um you know money laundering-esque type style so they, they rely on it but you know they'll have it for their own systems when they need it um, mm. but for the rest of us it'll be yeah bye-bye cash yeah yeah hey, do you, that's it. here's a here's a theory i don't know if this might pan out at all i'd love to throw a good theory out there why do you think it is that they change our design of the money every now and again. Hmm. So I'm not too sure. Oh. Well, I, I, I haven't really thought about that. I've always thought that the new notes were, you know, how they've got all these, you know, sensors and stuff on them. No, well, not sensors, but you know how they've got like grooves and mm-hmm. it's more sophisticated technology to be able to see counterfeit, if it's a forgery. Counterfeit things, yeah. Yeah, all that type of stuff. Like, it's got all digital scanners and stuff on there now. It, it, for me, it seemed like it was just they're introducing a more traceable, trackable form of of money. Mm. I don't know. I, I was wondering, always wondering, yeah, I, I kind of was leaning towards, you know, they obviously there's people out there who are you know, possibly in the drug world who are stockpiling all of this cash because it takes them a long time to to filter even the mid-level to low-level kind of people they get stuck with all this cash that they can't really do too much with um mm. so they've got to try and find ways to launder it hence going to you know gaming venues and things putting in cash and lots and lots of excuse me lots and lots of cash and then hitting collect on a poker machine and then getting a big check written out for them instead you know what i mean they they've got very clever ways of of cleaning it but it's slow and mm. it takes some time and they've got to pay people to do it as well um mm. and i just wonder if the government changes these designs because you know obviously all this cash that's that have may have been earned over the years and is probably stockpiling up i mean think of in terms of the u.s when you see you know pictures of these mexican drug cartels with literal houses stacked to the brim with money you know what i mean like actual paper money mm. um so they've got these old notes and old you know the old design notes and stuff so if they start, yeah, you know, and then when they change the notes over in the design, obviously then the new design is in higher circulation. And then when you start seeing all of these old ones coming in from certain areas, they know, you know, I mean, where they can obviously then, I guess, localize where all these old banknotes are coming through from. You know what I mean? So I, I wonder if it's they're using it to kind of track that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, well, that's that's this is part of it too. Because like, all the old banknotes, I mean, the, all the old plastic banknotes, like the pre-designed to the new ones now, they've all got the counterfeit, anti-counterfeit measures on them already. You mm. know what I mean? They've just got this, you know, the new ones on the new notes because they're new notes, so they've got new counterfeit measures. But I mean, they already yeah. had that. So it, to me, it's like, well, we need to quickly change the design, and of course, we're paying for that change. You know, the, the taxpayer pays for that change of the new notes because. You know, it's done via a separate entity that does it. It's not free, um, and we end up paying yeah. the cost of that as well. But yeah, I, I, that was my theory anyway. That they do that to try and localize the the the, the people who have stockpiles of the old notes. Yeah, that was my theory anyway. Yeah, absolutely, and it's interesting because when you when you look at it, you know that that could be a tactic that they're doing because no one's really thinking about what this cashless society is actually going to bring if these characters on the black market are not going to be able to use cash anymore. People aren't realizing what hell awaits if 
there's pushback against that, mm. you know, from these multi-millionaire drug cartels and gangs that are out there and, and people, just everyday people that rely on the cash system. If they're not able to do their trade anymore, there's going to be massive pushback, you know. So it could also be a way that they're trying to genuinely locate where the so-called bad people are to try and get them off before it does go cashless to, to prevent any pushback against it because they will be the ones that push back against it. You know, it's, there's only so much cryptocurrency and the online black market and everything can continue to to go. You know, they're breaking encryption. They're doing all of these things to make sure there's no privacy anywhere. So, you know, that could tie in with it as well. You know, they could be doing a strategy like that to locate not only where the people are like, you know, that just hide money under their beds because they don't trust banks, but also where the real criminals are that are going to pose a threat to this system once they bring it in. Because all throughout history, criminals, whether it's prohibition, whether it's anything, organized crime and, and criminals have been the ones that have always, in a sense, been the ones to be a, a legitimate form of resistance, like militia resistance against governments when they try to introduce this stuff. So... I've always thought what's going to happen when this does um, go like it is and, you know, it could tie in as well. But that's just my sort of thoughts on it, General. Well, I saw, um, look, the only other thing I, c I can think of that they would then go to next would be, you know, cryptocurrency. You know, they'd be trying to do things with cryptocurrencies because, you know, that's, what is it, I guess, untraceable in a sense. You know what I mean? Like if... If criminals want to do things in transactions, they'll be like, yeah, well, here, I'll sell you whatever you want to buy and transfer me X amount of, you know, Bitcoin or whatever. And, you know, all the cryptocurrencies go through the roof and then they can still use and buy things with that crypto. You know, they don't necessarily have to go through the banking system to use it. Um, although, they, you know, many of, them, many of them probably will. But um, yeah. previously... See, Sorry. cryptocurrency is just, in terms of like things like the drug trade and stuff, it's like some dealers will go to that type of thing, but it's like a lot of them for the time involved, the money involved, you know what I mean? Like the computer hardware to just be doing all this type of stuff. Like it's just going to be too difficult for a lot of them that are just used to just cash, you know what I mean? There's just, for me, I, I feel like it's just going to be this, this little crossroads where, and we know crypt, like I get a lot of hate for it, but cryptocurrency is you know the, the actual concept of it and the platforms behind it so the technology behind the cryptocurrency this blockchain technology that's fantastic but these companies like bitcoin and you know like tether and all of this stuff that just completely manipulate people that are buying cryptocurrencies you know it's like Who's really controlling the the oligarchy of cryptocurrencies? It could be a trap as well. Yeah, you know? quite possibly. Well, I also saw this. You know, former um, podcast guest uh, Robert Deutsch um, does a lot of weather modification and geoengineering stuff. Also put up this, which I, I did share, um, and he says, "Think your you know, what does he say? I'll just read the quote. He says, "Think your cryptocurrency is safe from the cash ban bill? It's not safe." And he's put up a screenshot. Simplified in the outline of this act, this act places restrictions on the use of cash or cash-like products within the Australian economy. All right, and then he puts up another one that says, definitions. In this act, cash means either or both of the following, digital currency and physical currency. So there you go. They intend to 
use digital currency, which I don't know if that means cryptocurrency or not. I'm not sure. He's made the leap to say that it is. Uh, I guess you'd have to then look at, because it does state, digital currency has the meaning given by the Anti-Money Laundering and Counter-Terrorism Financing Act 2006. So you'd have to probably look up that act and then go to the definitions in that act to check out what they mean by digital currency. But way back then in 2006, I mean, cryptocurrencies weren't really a thing back then. You know, that we're talking post, what, um, 2015, 2012, um, where crypto really became a, a thing, you know. Mm. So I'm not sure. We'll leave that with um, with the people out there to to ponder over and to look give us your thoughts on that folks if you ever comment or you know anything to prove otherwise then then let us know but um i thought that was rather interesting anyway so just sort of bring that one up as well mm. yeah uh, no interesting interesting thoughts but you know we'll just have to see what happens yeah keep your sure. eye on this cash band thing i know you will and uh, keep everyone posted mate um because it's definitely definitely very curious to see what's really happening and if they get that pushed through what is it going to go through the senate next before they can get it approved yeah and then they also have to wait for the actual committee to conclude in february but the problem is is they're just going to pass it before they even get that advice off of them which is completely against parliamentary process so that is the agenda you know and we've theorized about where it's going to go after that once cashless comes but we'll just have to see what happens but it's definitely the agenda that they're trying to push through and the senate's the last hurdle before you know, the committee gives it the green light. So you mm. just have to keep an eye on it. Well, we did have another committee um, that did come out and say they rejected facial rec- recognition legislation, which was um, one of your articles put up on oh, sorry, uh, November 3. Committee rejects facial recognition legislation. Did you want to have a chat about that one? So, um, Yeah, well, that's, that's what I just covered uh, previously the, yeah. in the facial recognition saga. But yeah, they've, um, they've rejected oh, it. Did. Sorry, yeah, that was that one. Oh, I, thought yeah. it was, I thought I scrolled past, past to another one, but there was that one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that they've um, they've done that, but as we've said, just Sorry, and this this cash ban is just a perfect example of it, mate. Is of their sleeky, you know, slimy tricks. It's like, well, yeah, yeah it's a great victory that they've rejected it, but as we've seen with the cash ban, they're just going to come back again and try and push it through. And the reason these are being blocked is because of the overwhelming amount of public submissions. So, by keeping people alert of it, we can we can get them, you know, and just see as much attention as we can on them mm. see what happens yeah yeah people have to they've got to care they've got to they've got to get mad <laughs> yep you've got absolutely. to get mad <laughs> got to say my life has value <laughs> and speaking of mad mate you know um one of the things that always uh, irks me up is the the social engineering agenda that's obviously happening especially with children in this country and another popular piece that was published in october uh, just switching tones a bit, was mm. that Queensland are now going to be essentially mandating gender theory curriculum uh, in in Queensland schools. And this has been an ongoing saga from safe schools to the, you know, the reintroduction through what they call respectful relationships programs. And now this is going to be introduced, a new mandatory respectful relationships curriculum across the state in public schools and it's going to include, as it's been exposed on other websites, links that uh, link to websites that are very questionable and, you know, obviously teach children that gender is not a binary concept, that gender is fluid, 
you know, reading books like The Gender Fairy and all of these cultural Marxist pieces of literature that have come into our schools. And now here in Queensland, mate, it's, it's going to be uh, mandated. And I know we'll get into a big chat about that, but did you see that article and, and what are just your immediate thoughts on, on that one that popped up? Yeah, I did. And I can actually relate to that because just the other day, you know, um, I don't know, I can't remember the, how the topic came up, but we were sort of just, um, the wife and I were kind of just taking the piss a little bit about, you know, all the, oh, that's all right, here it is, this is quite funny, I remember now, we were, we were making, we were making BLTs, right? Yeah. <laughs> and my, my wife wanted something else in it, so she added the extra initial, yeah, the extra for the, for the acronym, and it was like, BL, uh, which would have guacamole, BLGT, she said. And then I started going, Oh, you're having one of those LGBTQTPS you know, sandwiches. And she just started laughing. And my daughter's like, It's LGBTQ, Dad. I'm like, Going, oh, okay, here we go. So she's been fucking, you know, indoctrinated at school to already be familiar with the, uh, mm. you know, all the letters and the ideology behind it because it's obviously something that they're getting taught at in, um, I think they have, what's it called? Um, so, uh, social, fuck, what is it? I can't remember. It's one of the social classes that they have. So these yeah. are the type of things that they covered as part of the uh, agenda with regards to this topic. So yeah, it's definitely <laughs> reaching the schools right now. Yeah, I there don't you know, go, mate. Don't know if it's hidden in the primary schools as yet, but um, it's it will slowly filter in, and, and yeah, like you said, it'll definitely be part of the curriculum for teachers to teach this crap. So yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, mate. And there you go. That's just a perfect example right there. And mm. you know, I, we covered an article. Uh, a couple of years ago where Mitchelton State High School were actually using a banned gender theory resource um, called the genderbred person where they were teaching people about this character called the genderbred person, like the gingerbread man. Um, but you can't say man anymore, so it's genderbred person. And this genderbred person um, identifies with all different types of emotions, whether it's Z or C or whatever the you know the seventy pronouns that are available now. And kids are being taught this without parents, you know, being aware of it. And we released a video last night um, on TOTT News on the YouTube channel, which covers um, a fair bit of this. And it's just shocking once you see how much it has spread through Australian schools, mate. And I went on to, I went on to one of these resources just to check it out, and there was like a questionnaire there that said, um, "Do do you think gender is binary or something?" And I answered yes. And the it come back to me, you know, when you click submit answers at the bottom, it just said, you need to rethink your answer and apply more respectfulness <laughs> and tolerance to it. Oh. I'm like, wait, are you serious? Like, this is what kids are going on to in this curriculum. They're going where if you, you answer the other side, it just tells you try again. This is the wrong answer. I couldn't believe it, mate. Wow. That's that's um, that's straight out of a fucking Simpsons episode, man. Where I remember Homer goes into a polling electro- electronic polling booth and he votes for one person. And it comes up, yeah. you know, are you sure? You know, I think you've chosen incorrectly. Would you like to try again? You know, whatever it was, and yeah. it's the same sort of thing. It's that it's it's that uh, social engineering on that scale. You know, yep. you've made the wrong choice. That's uh, you should try again and rethink what you're you know uh, what you've been taught basically. Oh, it's terrible. Hey, how's this too? I was at, um, took my daughter to tennis yesterday uh, morning and it was her turn to be the, you know, the, the ball girl on the court because uh, they take it in turns and they're playing tennis. 
and because one of the kid goes that she was playing against, oh, Indy's Indy's ball girl, uh, Indy's ball boy, and then the mum goes, don't you mean ball girl? And then she goes, and she looked at me, she goes, oh, you mean I mean ball person? And I went, no, ball girl's fine. I said even ball boy's <laughs> fine. And she's like, she goes, yeah. I said, I said it's just going too far with that stuff. She goes, yeah, I know. Like it's just so this PC business, this political correctness, has just gone out of control. And you know, even one of the other mums there agreed as well. It's just funny, but. You know, it's 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 our generation and older generations that are just like this is ridiculous. Like they're just going too far, you know. Mm, exactly, and that's a, why. It, I mean, the reason is it's not because it's not about tolerance and acceptance. That's not what it's about. No. People don't give a fuck if someone's gay or queer or whatever they want to be called. Like whatever. Like you don't need to change the vernacular because just because you're offended by it. Like why are you taking offense? Why are you why are you being why are you playing the victim card? You know what I mean? Like no one's victimizing you. Like just just relax yourself, you know what I mean? Like it's not that's not what this whole thing's about. Exactly. Um, so it's very exactly. interesting that um and that's that's the other thing that you covered too, unless you wanna we can segue into that one now if you like, unless you want to cover this one off. Yeah, no, we can we can have a chat about that. You know, you, you hit the nail right on the head there just to wrap it up. You know, like, I don't care if you want to teach your kids that gender is not a binary concept and they can be whatever they want and feed them hormones and, you know, give them, tr- you know, it's transition surgery now that you mm. can have at 12 mm. years old or whatever it is. Mm. If you want to teach your kids that, that's fine. But when the government mandates it to be taught to all children, yeah. that's when there's a problem. That's and when this I've is, got a problem. Yep. Exactly. And this is what happened in Canada and everywhere overseas. When you try to legislate or mandate through curriculum, that's when it becomes an issue. I don't care. I'll, I'll call you whatever you want to be called. You know, that you have the freedom to do that. But I also have the freedom to to not want my, my children to be taught that. And that's what it's all about, mate. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, man. Um, and that, like I said before, we'll we'll segue into that now. That latest uh, one of the other pieces you've just put up, and it is a member piece. So I do encourage everyone once again to sign up at tottnews dot com. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Got to give it a plug, man. Um, so this one, you've it's called "Do You See Yourself as a Victim?" It's a food for thought um, article and or sorry discussion that you've put up. Um, now, this was on one of your latest Member Circle podcasts, wasn't it? With um, yep. you and Andy. Is that yep. Andy? Our Andy, isn't it? That's our, I haven't listened to it yet, that's all. Yeah, yep. So, Andy jumped on. It was yeah, his cool. first first time on the podcast. I good said, good. I want to get you on, mate, and have a chat about, you know, what's going on. He's a very knowledgeable bloke, so I wanted to get his perspective, and we gelled pretty well. We agreed on on pretty much what we're just about to talk about. Yeah, awesome. And um, so, I'll put a link in for that as well, but uh, again, um, you do have to be a, a member of tottnews.com to... to uh, to listen to that one as well. So, look, it's well worth it, guys. Uh, what's the minimum you guys, you, you're charging folks to become a member? Yeah, so it starts as low as $5 a month. Yeah, so, there you go. So, you know, it's a cup of coffee. Oh, you it's know, cheap as, mate. Yeah, 5 bucks a month, mate. 5 bucks a month. And, and not only do you help support the website and help us produce more content, but, you know, you, you get access to some of the deeper sort of discussions and, and, and analysis that we go through that really, you know, is, is not really for the public. It's more for people that are really interested in this type of discussions and are really looking to change their lives and get out of this victimhood mentality general. Yeah, and that's what we wanted to sort of get onto right now is mm. um, is, is what you've actually spoken about uh, in that. And, and it's I think it's... And that's why I put that snippet, folks, at the beginning of this uh, podcast 
that was, uh, like I said, an excerpt from the movie Network back in uh, 19... Shit, what was it? 70 something it was the 70s i'm pretty sure mm. um and it's a, it is actually a really good film but there's so many key moments in that film and i might actually wrap up this podcast and i'll insert a different one right at the end of the of this podcast um which is the ned Beatty um speech as well so it, it'll tie everything sort of together and what it really what they're really sort of getting at this whole this whole world is just a system it's just this corporate system that they've got in place you know there are no nations there are no whatever and that's the way they see it um but bef- you know before we that's sort of further down the track but before we get to that um yeah do, do you see yourself as a victim and that that was why i sort of put that in because people are they're very very quick to 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 throw that that hand up their hat up in the air and say you know I am a, I'm a victim, you know, I feel victimized by what's going on, whether it be, you know, you know this whole, like we just mentioned before, this whole LGBTQ um, sort of thing that's been being pushed through and, you know, calling someone, you know, the, the wrong thing. You can't even, you know, there's you know, corporations like airline stewardesses and stuff can't even say sir or ma'am or whatever anymore and in their job, you know what I mean? That, that's the kind of craziness it's gotten to. You can't even say you can't even address someone in that sense anymore. That's where it's going, you know. So because you know they might crack up and say, you know, I don't, I'm not that. I want to be this, and you need to call me that because you know you're, you're, um, what you're, you're harming my, you know, my, uh, my feelings by by saying something like that to me. And this whole victim mentality—it's just driving us absolutely crazy. I mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, we're seeing less and less. Um, you know, like sketch and comedy shows on on TV. I mean, you imagine if they if they replayed series like Fast Forward and Full Frontal and and those sketch comedy shows now mm. on on TV. You imagine the uproar that would be from these communities because they'd be throwing that victim card out again. I mean, it was in our nature to take the piss out of someone and have a laugh, and you know that was how we sort of deal with that sort of thing. It's and we're not trying to hurt people's feelings by doing it. It's just that's just who we are. Even even the British are feeling the pinch in with regards to their comedies and stuff overseas. And you've got people like Rowan Atkinson. I've seen interviews where he's up on stage. Even John Cleese are even saying the same sort of things like comedy is dead now in Britain, and you know mm. because of these vic- the victimhood and the victimization that's happening with regards to just those things you know i'm just talking about a comedy aspect sort of it but even on a on a wider example where here in australia yes like we talk about a lot of these things we talk about how the you know, the system is out to get us there's banks out to get us the government's out to get us and yes we do harp on all that sort of stuff and we are sort of saying look there are victims out there but i think it's it's a part of the process and like i mentioned before we started recording ethan that there's a whole process to this isn't it there there you you kind of there are victims yes you kind of have to be a victim but you kind of then need to recognize that there's more to it than that and there's that's only sort of step one of this whole process you know what i mean step two then is well you know do you need to take action do you need to do something about it or are you look at it again take a step back am i actually being victimized here you know there's whole there's a whole range of this to this and i wanted to sort of flesh this out a bit with you now man yeah absolutely general and i'm glad that we've we've brought that up you know it's a very important topic and something that i'm obviously been covering for obviously this month and last month on the the member section website and that was just essentially to try and get people to understand this next step beyond the the fear-based sort of trauma you know we've all been through it you know you wake up to the world 
people around you don't understand what's going on, you feel alone, you, you connect with people through online communities, this whole thing. But what I'm trying to, to express to some of my members and where we're doing this through discussions and, and feature pieces is not only are normal people through a social engineering agenda going through victimhood mentality through this divide and conquer agenda. You know, I'm a victim of this, I'm a victim of that. You can't say this to me because we were historical victims of this. It's all about victimhood mentality. But a lot of people within the so-called truth movement don't also apply these own steps to their lives. They remain through what I've described on the website as gatekeepers who peddle fear-based information to mm. to generate a profit over years you know some of the largest figures that we see in this so-called scene that are capitalizing just as the mainstream media do through fear-based propaganda and what i'm seeing is through that the truth movement has become stagnant because they too just like the normies are also in a victimhood mentality except it's oh the system I'm a victim of the system. I'm a victim of the Rothschilds. I'm a victim of the Catholic Church. I'm a victim, insert whatever you want here. It's all about externalizing the blame for the circumstances of their lives instead of realizing that they can make the change to to get out of this and not be a victim. And this is what I'm trying to discuss with the members on the website is that there is a systematic pathway to get out of this mentality yeah, to get be, out of don't this. be stuck in that one spot hey whereas, exactly yeah we're the victim i'm the victim oh, oh, oh. move past it you've got to get past it to to, to you know got to take that next step otherwise exactly. you'll just be stuck in that spot yeah exactly and the no, alternative gotcha. scene the alternative scene mate is just filled with echo chambers of people who for one when they're presented this old type of alternative information they go into things like confirmation bias and groupthink mentality and attack people who are who are trying to you know change the narrative of their little echo chamber bubble that they're in and we just see this repeated everywhere where people just sit around and talk about how much of of a victim they are and this is what I'm trying to do going forward with the website because we're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole is to just get people to think. Use your own objectivist logic as a way, as a pathway to happiness, as a pathway to enlightenment. And this is what Andy said on this discussion that we're talking about here. This is what Andy said. He said, I'm so tired of hearing about the next collapse. I'm so tired of hearing about all this stuff. It's all just fear-based trauma to keep us on a lower vibrational frequency as he describes it yeah that's he how says, they control us that's a control exactly, mechanism yeah exactly and and through this you know we i've asked the question are so-called truth is the biggest victims of the dehumanist social engineering agenda because of the constant state of fear and victimhood that most of the scene is kept within oh no things are going to collapse this is going to happen and one of the underlying reasons for my membership section on the website general is to create a community of like-minded people who can come together and discuss with each other how we're not going to be victims and how we're going to get out of this and how we're going to link up with each other and i think that that's really powerful and you know that's that's my thoughts on it general it's just we need to get out of this victimhood mentality and understand that yes things are coming yes the system is coming but it's only coming for you if you allow it. We need to stop thinking in this collectivist mentality. Once you understand what 
the average person is, which I've explored, you know, through studies and everything that I link to on the website, once you understand that, you know, they're a bit different, that humans for thousands of years have been enslaved because it's just the nature of humans, you might stop caring about awakening the, the masses. Let's awaken the masses to everything and start thinking about how you're going to awaken yourself to this journey. And that's mm. what I'm trying to express on the website, mate. Yeah. yeah. I hope I, that I, makes sense. It does, and I agree. But um, what I wanted to sort of add is that, you know, like, and I guess I'm probably guilty of doing some of those things as well. You know, we, it's just that kind of part and parcel of, of what we do, you know, sometimes you just get caught in that echo chamber and sometimes you get, you get caught out peddling a bit of that sort of stuff. But as long as we realize that and we recognize that and I guess at least offer a solution or offer something else as well, you know, rather than just peddling that, that fear, um, because yeah, that's, like I said, that's the control mechanism that's being used. But, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons again, why I put that snippet at the start, you know, cause I think instead of, yeah, you've you've got people have got to get mad. They've got to try and feel something other than despair. A- anger is more mm. is more useful of an emotion than despair. You know what I mean? Mm. Despair will sit you in a rut. It'll sit you there and you'll do nothing, other than feel sorry for yourself. You know, uh, despair is a useless to me is a very useless emotion. Whereas uh, anger is at least something useful. You know what I mean? So. At the very least, people should try and get a little bit angry about these things that we're putting up. You know, don't be fearful of it, but be angry about it because that anger might drive you to actually want to do something about it. You know, you might want to take that next step and, and rally some people about, you know, whatever cause you're behind or, you know, lobby the government or, you know, form committees and, you know, door knock and get signatures on a petition or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm. that. hopefully that... You know, don't feel despair, but maybe feel a bit of anger because that will drive people to do something, to act, I think. Um, and that's probably the most important thing I would say is um, is related to that. Yeah, absolutely. Just, and as you said, any any emotion general. Other you know, than when despair. I, when, you, when you finally truly, and this is another thing, like, and it, it's a big topic, and this is sort of why I, I have been chatting about it the last couple of months, is mm. that once you realize that, you know, a lot of people within this scene don't do their own independent research. They just repeat what has been given to them by gatekeepers or other websites or articles that they write. You see that the the people that are left within fear are the ones that haven't had the courage to look beyond what they're being told. And what I'm trying to argue to people on my website is that once you truly do go down the rabbit hole and really start to comprehend some of these concepts, you know, that we're briefly touching on here today and others about personal empowerment and freedom, you start to lose that fear naturally. So whatever emotion you're feeling, whether it's anger at the system, whether it's whatever, you need to use that as a fuel to drive you because the more that you start to research, the more you will start to say, hang on a minute, things are a bit different than what I've been told. I'm a bit different than what I've been told. And what does that mean for me? And who else out there is is discussing this? And then it becomes an exciting thing. And that's what I'm looking for on my website. That was the whole part of the, the, the membership section launching was to, to find people who are, are willing to, to take this journey and not be victims. And it's, it's a process. It is a process. It's a common process that everyone goes through. And if you're out there and even if you're not a part of the membership part of the website, I just encourage you all 
to see that next step. You understand what's going on in the world. Don't be afraid of it. Take the steps to whether it's in your own personal life, getting rid of fluoride, getting rid of toxins, homeschooling your children, getting rid of technology, whatever you need to do, actually put it into practice instead of just sitting around talking about it and being a victim of the system mentally. Yeah, That's absolutely. what I'm trying to get across. So yeah, I hope everyone out there takes that on board. Yeah, it's look, in the big picture, it's really about um, reaching another level of consciousness. Like you've got to be aware and you, yeah. you know, you've got to be systematically aware and systematically conscious of what's going on and the way you feel about things, not just what's going on in the world, but how it makes you feel. And then be aware that certain things uh, that you see or certain things that happen in the world will make you feel a certain way. So you've got to be aware. Or you've got to sort of, like I always say, take a step back and look at how, how that's affecting you and what that means, you know. Um, is it affecting you in a, in a particular way to make you think something? Why is it doing that? You know, you just got to be more aware. And like I said, it's, I think it's it's good to be angry and good to be mad about things, but you just can't let that anger blind you. If you let the anger blind you, you know, then then it's it's working in a negative way. You, you've got to fair enough get get mad, get angry, and do something about it. But then take that step back and go, okay, cool. I'm past the anger now. I'm on the action phase. You know what I mean? And yeah, yep. and it's like I said, it's a pathway. You're all, we're on that pathway. You just can't get st- stuck there at step one of that victimhood, you know. So, yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, and facial recognition, like that's I, I said it on the latest podcast. That's another thing. That's another example of it. It's like yes, facial recognition is coming, but instead of sitting around and being afraid of it, you know, I'm I'm laughing in the bathroom with mates trying on different paints that are going to reflect it. You know what I mean? That are yeah. going to hide my identity. I'm just having a laugh about it doesn't mean that the system's still not coming it just means that my mentality and the effect on my own personal life through the day is not influenced by the same people pushing that system if that makes sense you know it's like yes the system is coming but it's not coming for me so i can have a laugh about it because i know that i'm taking the steps to ensure that me and anyone who else that wants to come along with us is ready for it you know so and I just I just let go of if the masses want to fall for that, the masses can fall for it. They can have fun in their system, but it's not going to happen to us. It's not going to happen to our listeners unless you create the space in your head for that mentality. And I think that this is really the most vital step of people really just breaking past those chains. And once they break past it, general, they'll have that invigoration and that passion to really do something about it and see the results manifest before them as well. Yeah, hence the reason why we do what we do. Yeah, yep. we, we reached that, that point in our lives where we started seeing the things happen. We went, you know, we, yeah, we, it was maybe we weren't intuitively thinking about it or even conscious of the fact, but, you know, back then, you know, we were sick of being the victim way back then when we first started our websites and went, you know, I'm going to fucking do something about this. I'm going to start writing about this. I'm going to start talking about this and putting things out there that actually matter and, and, you know, coming up against the system and saying, you know, if you're going to push, we're going to push back. So, um, we're I guess we're proof in the pudding right there, man. Um, yeah, which is good. absolutely. Yeah, and I know no. that's not a place for everyone. I know not everyone wants to do it or is maybe capable of doing it or you know maybe they want to do it the right way. But I mean, they can at least support what we're doing and and come along for the ride and join our side of the fence. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think it's good. Um, 
Yeah. Glad we um, glad we fleshed that out, man. We kind of needed to to get that off our chest, and it's a really important thing to talk about because yeah, we see it all the time. And I hope everyone yeah. out there, after listening to this, have they can see it as well because social media is a big place for that. And um, you know, we're kind of fighting fire with fire. As much as we hate it, we still use it as a tool. But as long as people are out there now, hopefully, a bit more aware of that, and they can then identify others as playing the victim card and. You know, don't harp on them, but maybe just try and offer them something else to get them to the next step. You know what I mean? Or you're, yeah. you're mad, you're, you're, you're sad that someone's, you know, picking on you or the system's getting you down. Well, how about get fucking mad about it and then go on to the next step as well, you know? Like, yeah. try, try and push them along a little bit if they're stuck in that position. But I guess recognizing it is probably one of the big first steps, So, which is good. I hope everyone out there listening is is on board with that. Yeah, and certainly, and especially on one last note, I want to stress individualism over collectivism. That is the key as well. Yeah, a lot of people, they're like, yeah, I'm making changes, but the masses around me aren't waking up. It's not about them. It's about you. Mm. It's about you. If you're making the changes in your life, that's what your emotional attachment should be to. Not the fact that the people around you are falling for the system and that's the reason that it's going to come in. You can't change that. If it could have been changed, it would have been changed over years for now. There's a different purpose for us all, and individualism is the key out of that. Mm. So I just wanted to add that on as well. And how's this, man? Something I heard the other day too, I can't remember who said it, and I really wish I could because I'd quote them for it, but um, and I'd give them credit for it, I should say. But I thought this was so on point, and th- this bloke was talking about the fact that, you know, he says, you know, we're constantly... We're constantly, yeah, we 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 constantly fighting for freedom, right? You know, the the even if we do finally identify who it is, you know, is it you know the Rothschilds are behind everything, or the government's behind everything, or fucking Soros, whatever it is, you know, even if we if they were taken down, there's another, you know, the, another head of the snake would just appear. There's always someone who's going to try and rule over us and command the masses and do what they want for nefarious reasons or whatnot, and we're constantly fighting. F- to try and reach freedom. But what he said was that we're never going to get to that point. We're never going to get to the point where we are completely free and you know, freedom is the name, is, is the order of the day. We're never going to get there. He said, it's the f- freedom is, yeah, sorry, he says the fight is freedom. And I thought mm. that was pretty amazing. I thought he's right. It's yep. The fight itself is freedom. You know what I mean? We, we're getting, we, we have that sense and we're getting the freedom because of the fight for freedom. It, the freedom yeah. is the fight, and the fight is freedom. Yeah, I thought that kind of makes sense to me, so I just wanted to share that as well. Absolutely. Uh, that wraps it. That, that ties in so perfectly, mate. That's mm. what it's all about at mm. the end of the day, and I hope listeners out there do take it on board because especially with the members of my website and, and shout-out to everyone out there that's listening if you're tuning in, this is what um, our future is going forward because – you know, we're not stopping where the gatekeepers stop. We're going to continue down the rabbit hole. And there's some really confronting information that comes from that. And if you keep seeing yourself as a victim, then it's not going to do you a world of good. So no. and that's I, it, mate. I don't know about you, but I mean, I get a really good feeling about doing this, about putting this podcast out there, about sharing articles, putting your articles up, putting mine up, writing stuff. You know, I mean, I get a really good sense of... You know, it's almost a sense of patriotism in a way, but not patriotism to my country, but patriotism to freedom, you know what I mean, and the fight. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I kind of, it's addictive in a sense, you know what I mean? So if people out there want to start doing it, you'll realize how good it feels to get in the fight and to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, like I said, there's freedom in it. So um, it's, it's empowering at the same time. 
Absolutely. And I, you know, and we feel that, you know, with all from Sunday sessions that we used to do to the current member podcast, you know, when, when members just get involved and jump on and have a chat, you know, you see that it invigorates them. So if you're out there, if you want to start a podcast, you want to start a website, just go for it, man. Just do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it I mean, for you. And um, hey, you're, you, you're basically joining the fight, which is awesome. So, um, yeah. mate, speaking of... Um, I might just, before we get on to one of the pieces I shared uh, just today, but I just sort of quickly let everyone know, I mean, uh, at, we're, we're just about to hit 9,000 downloads for the for the General Knowledge podcast, which is pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. We've got a whole bunch of, I think we're over 120-odd um, subscribers on Podbean alone. Um, yes, that's going really good. Um, I'm sure when this one comes out, we're going to, we'll, we'll be striving to push the 9,500, 10,000 download mark, you know. That's the goal for at least, I reckon, episode three will hit that, which would be good. That's mm. fingers crossed. So everyone out there, subscribe, share, um, you know, put it around, get it out there, folks. It's it's you guys that are out there recommending us and uh, giving us a good rating and all that sort of stuff that's helping. So, you know, got a, got a few good comments, you know, great show. Thanks, uh, thanks guys, with the depopulation agenda one. Uh, people are really liking that one. Um, what else they said? Uh, Benzel Rom says, loving the show. Big thumbs up there. Um, they've actually said that on a couple of um, different ones, which is good. Uh, yeah, so we're getting, you know, people are making comments, they're loving it, which is awesome. I really appreciate people out there doing that. So um, mm-hmm. keep it up, folks. Now, Absolutely. I wanted to just segue into this one here. I won't say his name. I'll tell you off um, off air after, after we finish recording who it was. But one of my um, long-term... Uh, he's followed the website and the Facebook page for, for a long time now. Um, he messaged me. He said, I want to give you a call. I've, I've got some information for you. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, you might want to write a story about it. I'm like, oh, awesome. I love when people do that. You know, they're like, this is, here's some interesting information. Anyway, so gave me his mobile number. I gave him a call. Oh, I gave him my mobile number. He gave me a call and we had a chat. And um, so I'll just read this piece out. Right, and we'll have a little bit of a chat about it. It's about 5G, so I kind of wanted to sort of just switch lanes and, and have a chat about this, Ethan, if you're cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'll just read this out for folks. Okay, so I was recently contacted with a story lead by one of my longtime subscribers who wishes to remain anonymous about a 5G tower technician that he spoke to. Um, what was disclosed to him was quite shocking. Due to the need for discretion, we'll refer to my contact as Bill. Uh, this is his recollection of a conversation with a man we'll call Irish, because he was Irish. Um, all right, so the Rugby World Cup was held recently, and uh, what better reason to head to the pub with friends and enjoy a beer while watching some world-class football. Bill found himself chatting to an Irish fellow who sat down to watch Ireland play. As stereotypical as it sounds, the Irish lad had had a few beers under his belt already and was feeling rather chatty. Bill introduced himself and started a conversation during the halftime break of the game. To his surprise, the Irish lad was here in Australia on a work visa and was contracted by a major telecommunications company to work on the 5G tower upgrade and rollout here in Australia. As mentioned, uh, Bill follows the content that we at Real News Australia put out on our website and social media channels. We have been covering 5G extensively and keeping an eye on the rollout across the globe, which was obviously interesting enough for Bill to watch as well. Bill took an immediate interest in what he had to say and so began to probe our Irish visitor. He asked how he got into the line of work. I'm actually a chippy back home in Ireland and do construction work, he said. I ended up 
needing to find another job as I got laid off, so I responded to an ad in the paper for construction workers. When I got interviewed, they asked if I was afraid of heights, which I, I wasn't as I'd done rock climbing before. Bill thought that was odd. They eventually came clean as, and said the job wasn't actually a construction job as such, said the Irish lad. Bill was again puzzled by this. He says, what do you mean? They said it was actually to do installation and upgrading of cell towers. I said, I have no experience in that at all. The interviewers went on to reassure him that no experience was necessary and that all training is provided. No experience in telecommunications or electrical engineering was a prerequisite, only not being afraid of heights. He went on to tell Bill that he was asked to sign a huge contract and non-disclosure agreement as well as liability waivers. I didn't read more than a couple of pages. It was like over 100 pages long and all legal jargon, said Irish. They said it pays $18,000 a month, so I just signed it. By this time, Bill was flabbergasted but keen to hear more and was keen to hear about the safety side of it. Irish went on to talk about how none of the guys doing the same job are over 30. They're all young guys like him, he said. They are also provided with protective suits to wear while working on the transmitters on the tower, but none of the guys actually do as they're bulky and very hot to wear. Aren't you afraid of getting burnt by the microwave transmitters? Asked Bill, already knowing a bit about how they work. Only idiots get burnt, said Irish. Visibly shocked, Bill pressed on. So burns by the microwave transmitters are possible. Do they electrocute as well? Still chatty from his many beers, our Irish friend went on. Yeah, they'll burn you if you're in front of them up there. They'll cook you but they're not powerful enough to electrocute you. The 5G tower technician went on to say that they can audibly hear the signal hum of transmitters and they can be dialed up to increase their strength. This makes the RF go off the charts on the readers. Bill was aware prior to this discussion that his that this actually that is sorry, Bill was aware prior to this discussion that this is actually military technology. A fact also back um, a fact also picked up while doing the job as this was confirmed by the technician. So even the technician knew that it was military technology. After being quizzed for about 10 minutes, Irish got up to the bar for another beer as the game was about to resume its second half. Bill stayed on, uh, hoping to question him some more. However, Irish went and sat somewhere else. It seemed obvious he didn't want to continue the conversation and perhaps break his non-disclosure agreement uh, any more than he already had. so some very interesting things to note about this conversation, and I just sort of put up this as well, so just analysing his discussion, uh, was the validity. I said, could this have been completely made up? Possibly. Uh, I am relying on my source to tell me the truth, as he has no reason to, to lie and make this up. He also wishes to remain anonymous in the article, therefore isn't looking for internet fame or notoriety. Irish, too, may have been lying, but like Bill, what would he have to gain from fabricating an entire conversation about his life and 5G technology, and know so much detail. Ergo, I tend to believe this information and am confident in sharing it as factual. Uh, The recruitment. Irish came... So the way Irish came into this line of work is quite strange. He responds to an ad in his local paper in Ireland for a construction worker, and then finding out the job was for 5G installation and not construction during the interview process. Very odd that a company goes about recruitment in such a manner. Uh, no experience for what it seems. Sorry, for what seems to be such a technical job, the company wasn't worried about hiring skilled workers. The speed of the 5G rollout worldwide is crazy. Telcos around the world want this up and running ASAP, and there's obvi- an obvious shortage of skilled workers already in this line of work, so they lure workers in with no experience and provide minimal training. Just enough so they know how to do it, but don't understand the technical side of it all. 
the contracts. If they want the job, they must sign the paperwork. This by itself isn't very unusual, but Irish was presented with a huge contract and non-disclosure agreement written in legalese. What don't they want a tower worker disclosing? Uh, they know blokes like that won't typically read it and will just sign it anyway. Number five, the high pay. The job pays $18,000 a month. That's $216,000 a year. Ridiculously high for someone not skilled to do the work. Sure, it's high, but even window cleaners on skyscrapers don't get that much danger money. It's obviously not the height that poses the risk. It's, of course, the close proximity to the carcinogenic effects of the RF exposure and other related effects. Number six, hiring only young men. Irish revealed that every other person in that line of work are men in their 20s. Is this because they're not experienced enough to know better? Or that if, they are, if there are any detrimental effects of the job, like cancer, it won't present until they're older? Unsure, but it's definitely very strange. Number seven, microwaves powerful enough to burn. Being so close to the microwave transmitters on the towers is extremely dangerous. They will literally cook you if you get in front of them. Burns do happen, and the nonchalant way they go about safety is not reassuring. Knowing what they can do to you to not wear the protective clothing is just crazy. Keeping in mind how an installer says how dangerous they are, now consider where we see these transmitters. On top of buildings, in parks, in schools, on sides of buildings and apartments, pointed right at other buildings and apartments. No wonder more and more people are feeling the adverse effects of RF exposure. Uh, below are images from around the world of these, uh, of where these microwave transmitters and small cells are being placed. Some people have gone to, on to note the damage that they are visibly doing to vegetation, as seen below in images A and B as an example. Note the top of the pine tree in direct line of sight and fairly close proximity to the tower. Now you'll notice, I don't know if you're reading this um, along with me, Ethan, but this image where we've got A and B is actually at Springwood not too far away from us okay mm. interesting yeah mm. so um that's salter's car yard there as well so you there's a big tower with a whole bunch of transmitters on it and on the left of the image a you'll see the pine tree that he's talking about with the top of the tree dead and then in image b he's gone to the other side around the corner to take a photo and you can see the tower in the background and in the foreground is the pine tree with the dead top of the tree that's just obviously been fried by the emf radiation coming off the tower um, and images one to five show a small, a new small cell transmitter right in the middle of a suburban street on a telegraph pole. Uh, this one's in, uh, it's either Victoria or New South Wales, can't remember exactly, but the address is actually listed on the side of the Telstra box. Uh, so uh, note the electromagnetic, electromagnetic energy warning sign in image five that's way too high for passersby to actually read as well. Um, he had to zoom in with his phone on that one to get a picture of that, but it shows picture one, normal telegraph pole we see in all of our suburban streets here in Queensland and New South Wales and Victoria around Australia. And then on the pole, you'll see the little thing sticking out in image one with the transmitter on that. Mm. And image two shows the box on the side of the street. Uh, image three, a little close up showing that it says on the actual, says on the side of it, Telstra, small cell. Angle Park North 3, so it's a small cell transmitter right there. And images 4 shows the small cell. Image 5, of course, then shows the EMF warning, um, which is, you can't actually read it. It's <laughs> way too high up on the pole. So anyone below it doesn't have no idea that it could pose a risk. Um, very interesting. 
Uh, at the bottom, it just says here to wrap it up, cities around the world have also begun cutting down healthy, well-established trees that line city and suburban streets. Why? Could it purely could it be purely because telcos believe the trees will obstruct 5G signals? Um, so if anyone out there is familiar, it's millimeter wave technology and it doesn't pass through things too well. It's like buildings and trees and all sort of stuff can interfere with the signals. Uh, or is it more sinister, perhaps to hide the fact that they are shown to cause physical harm to living things? Uh, you decide. So they published that one today, man. So I don't know, what, what's your thoughts on this one here, especially with regards to the um, the conversation from my source with the tower installer? Yeah, General, well, it's certainly an interesting piece. I hadn't had a chance to uh, go through and read it just yet, but it's very interesting hearing that. And as you said, you, you're just going off of the sources that were, were given to you, but the story itself, you know, it does mimic a lot of stories that we've heard and have been revealed through court cases, especially here in Australia, about installers who are, you know, they're, they're suing the government or they're taking class action against the government or whatever it may be in relation to the uh, EMF frequencies that mm. they, yeah, that they suffered. Cancers. Absolutely. And, and, and not just not just cancers, but they're talking about migraines and randomly bleeding out of the eyes and all of this stuff. Like, mm. And it's all there on the Commonwealth data website. You can go through the court cases and see that these people, whether they're taking on Telstra or whether they're taking on Optus or, you know, whatever the case may be, the Australian government, you know, there's been some cases where they're suing the government. Mm. This is a documented thing that happens. And with 5G, that's also been one of the concerns well if this is what happened through the 4g transformation what are the effects going to be through the 5g one and when you you start to put those pieces together like you said general about how much they're being paid and it's not necessarily for height that's not the risk when you see that they're not necessarily looking for highly educated university graduates, for example. Some might be that apply for it, but that's not the criteria. You know, it's like yeah, the, the army. Cr- that- the criteria is, are you afraid of heights? No? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> exactly. It's like they're not really looking for the cream of the crop to do this, if that makes sense. Mm. So it tells a you a little something. That. Yeah, yeah well... I don't think it's purely related to the speed of, of the rollout. I don't think it's like, well, let's just sign up everyone and train them. It's like, well, you know, that's part of it. I think the other part is, you know, let's um, let's get blokes that don't ask too many questions or won't ask too many questions. We'll just give them a whole bunch of pay and they'll, yep. be, they'll be happy. They won't, they'll keep their mouth shut. Exactly. Just like the police force, mate, where, you know, if you, they're, they're more likely to hire people that failed the test than got higher marks on the intellectual test because they want someone just smart enough to do the the job but not dumb enough to to ask questions about what, it and what are what are they in brave new world what are they referred to as the epsilons the epsilons yes that's it mate the epsilons and that's that's what they're recruiting for because it's and 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 it's sad because generally you know these are people that just through what circumstances haven't got a university education or didn't finish high school or whatever and this is the job that they're after you know it's some of the most blue collar workers that you can find the ones that are just being thrown into all this mess and you know it's an interesting conversation mate we're seeing it all over the world Mm. and you know you mentioned it within close proximity i get email alerts on all of the towers that are around my area Mm -hmm. and you know, you just see that they're constantly being worked on. There's a new agent there every week installing something on it, going up, and it's like, Yeah, I man. see that in my travels too. Yeah, exactly. It's like, man, imagine, can you believe what they would be exposed to, 
doing this type of work if we've already seen what happened after the 4G saga, mm. you know, and it's mm. it's it's just a it's just a crazy situation overall, and and I think that that particularly you know shed some light on it general and as i said even if it is just sources in a conversation it correlates with everything that we've seen so far um just on the 4g 5g journey mate mm, big time i find it especially interesting that they've gone you know this this chap is from ireland and they've recruited overseas to bring people here to do the job here you know don't i, I find that particularly interesting as well Mm, that they've yeah. sourced, uh, you know, from from overseas companies to to do this. That's interesting. Yeah, mm. for sure. And it, it's it makes you wonder as well. You know, mm. like what's what's going on in, in regards to that. Yeah, lots of questions with regards to that. So that, <laughs> that was one of the few things I I, I sort of picked up and, and garnered from that conversation that he told me about. And he was very explicit. He he, he sort of he wasn't drunk or anything. My my source. So he was sitting there. You know, he's just he was glued to this conversation. You know, he was like, wow, this is so interesting. I need to get as much info as possible out of this guy. You know, he was like, this guy's a tower and saw And so boom, he's just firing all these questions at him. And he was very, um, very on point when he was recalling the conversation with me. So, you know, mm. uh, I was yeah. busily writing down all these notes, trying to, trying to keep up with him actually. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. And, and that's it. That's, it's really the only way that we're going to find out because as we've exposed on previous episodes, general, the, the government or the authorities or whoever it may be, they're not telling us the full story. They're not telling us what's going on, how it's happening, when it's coming, so the only way that we're going to find these things out is through the people that are on the ground. So any any little peek into that world that we can get, I think, is beneficial, especially for everyone out there that's sort of fighting back against this technology general. Mm, mm. Mm. Yes, well, it's really interesting. And hey, um, I wanted to just bring up too, just to change topic again, um, I'm gathering you listened to our conversation with Rachel uh, on the on season two, episode one, a couple of yep. weeks ago. Yep. Um, did you see hear how I mentioned that um, my the Real News Australia Facebook page now comes with a, a warning from Facebook about this page posts about vaccines? Did you did you? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, mm. I did. You mentioned that pretty early on in the yeah. episode. I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I just brought it up again now because I was just checking my Facebook feed. I'm like, oh, yep, there it is. And she actually came back to me um, about a week later. She sent me an email saying, um, oh, just so you know, it actually it points me to. Um, you know, when I go to your Facebook page, it tells me to go to the CDC. <laughs> That's what she said. So in wow. Australia, it says to go to the World Health Organization, but in America, when she's looking at my page, it's saying it's redirecting them to the CDC for information. So I thought that was rather interesting as well. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, no, been, I did hear that. Have you been targeted? Do you know if... Um, let me Actually, let me just type in your page. I wonder if yours comes up with a warning as well. Yeah, not too sure. I think, yeah. The problem is, mate, is you've got to watch out for that because you... Like a lot of my content is either, you know, it's from directly from my website or it's just like a couple of news sources mm. where I see, you know, sometimes you might share from a variety of sources oh, and I who do. knows, yeah. who knows with this Facebook fact checking nonsense, what's going on with that? You know what I mean? How many pages are being targeted now? You never know if you might share something from a website that's been blocked that sort of, you know, put you in that same category now it's 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 all becoming real funny business on facebook these days yeah big time yeah no you're you're good on yours but yeah you're right and i, I do um yeah do put various things up there with all different sources so 
Um, that yeah. would be my only suspicion of it. You I, know, think because, it I think you're, you're on point there, man. Yeah, because generally, you know, you and I try to to keep it, you know, source based, you know, in in a way that sort of can't really be questioned if if media legal things come into it. So, you know, I, I don't see how it could be something that you've posted. So it could be something relating to this whole fake news wave that's happening. But even when you just think of that, mate, sharing something that's you know, sharing something from a so-called banned source now gets you flagged as well. Mm. If that is the case, then that's just equally as as um, disturbing yeah, in a sense. Time. Yeah, absolutely. I actually shared something just back on that 5G discussion we were talking about. I put something up just before. Um, uh, someone out of New Zealand has put this up. So they're, they're obviously doing a you know the big 5G rollout in New Zealand as well. And they've got a company there called Two Degrees, which is, I think, one of their telcos in New Zealand that's doing this, uh, the, roll, the rollout, putting up these new masts. And there was a... Uh, yeah, have, have a read through it, but basically one of these... There was a, an action group in this um, in this street, in Bangkok Crescent, is what they've called it. Um, 128 residents were begging this company called Two Degrees to find a new site for this transmitter. They ignored all of their concerns, didn't answer any of their questions, uh, honestly, around health uh, and the devaluing, devaluing effects of these transmitters being in their neighborhood in close proximity to their homes. Um, they even tried, apparently this company even tried to infiltrate their street's closed Facebook group by posing as a resident in an attempt to spy on their conversations. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> mm, full, it's full on, man. And so so these groups, have, you know, they've, they've acted, they've tried to take action, you know, um, press this company saying, you know, find a new location. Not only did they completely ignore these action groups and said, no, nope, they went ahead with the installation. And apparently if, um, further down through the post that they talk about how not only were they, they started to set it up uh, at dusk in the evening. Um, they put wire cages around it so no one could interfere with it. They even had a 24 hour security guard placed there to keep an eye on so no one would do anything to it to <laughs> Because they knew the residents didn't want it there, isn't that wow. crazy? Just goes Jeez. to show you, hey, they like they are pushing full on with this five G rollout, no matter what. It's disturbing. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's um, it, it seems like it's the way to go, and that's this is what I'm saying before. It's like, you know, it, it is all coming. It's it's coming. It's it's years and years of of groups and individuals who. You know what I mean? Got the they they figured it all out long before my ancestors ever did. You know, and this is the situation that we're in, and it's all coming, and they're going to push this through. It's how we respond and react to it that is the key. Mm. You know, and mm. at the end of the day, that's why I think it's so positive. It's so important that we we take a positive mind step with all of this, and 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 realize that we can make the personal change. And if it does come down to it, you know, us, the listeners, whoever it may be, may have to disconnect from this system entirely if you want to escape it you know yeah. but that's that's not a negative thing this is a positive thing you know be be positive that we're talking about this information that you you are aware that this is happening that you're not just some everyday sheep if you're a listener out there that's going about this blissfully not knowing what's happening you know what's coming and um you know you've got the chance to to change that whether it's 5g whether it's anything that we've spoken about on this episode that's that's really the key that I think just in relation to that, especially 5G where, you know, there's so much, let's say, danger or fear associated with it. It's, you know, I think it's it's time to flip the switch a little bit general. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one thing I did omit from that article, but like I'm, I'm happy to discuss it now, though. Um, he he also asked, um, I don't know if he actually asked or the, the, the Irish lad just sort of started talking about it. I can't quite remember exactly. That's the reason why I didn't put it in there. But I know there was discussion about stopping these towers and how to you know do something about it. And I remember, I do recall that, he's, that the Irish, he was saying, my contact said that the Irish lad discussed fire he said in the uk there's groups going around literally setting fire to the the, at the base of the tower there's like the control box mechanism thing there apparently they're they're literally setting fire to those which um turns off the whole whole tower basically yeah Um, so yeah that's happening all over the place over there apparently and they're not putting it in the media the media isn't talking about how vandals are doing this to these things not that i'm promoting it out there anyone just so anyone's listening (laughs) But that is actually what's happening. And he said that's one way that these things get shut down is um, they get fried by fire at the base station. So, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's the thing too. Like, I, I, I've seen how many towers are around and I've seen ones around our area that are just not behind fences or anything like that. It's mm. like, well, you know, they're really hoping that these people are that brainwashed that they're not going to do anything because we could just go all knock them down. <laughs> yeah, well, there was the stories of that. I think he was Australian or, you know, he was or might have been British. He was driving around in an old Sherman tank or something, knocking these things down. You know, <laughs> yeah. But back when they started putting up the 3G or 4G ones, he was trying to destroy them all, you know, and he got, I think he got put in jail for it or something. But yeah, he, he, he was taking it that far. He was like, these things are hurting us and going to start knocking them down. So you can actually look up those stories. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah. Exactly. And again, not not condoning any of this behavior, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's there's, there's more options than just sitting in your head, just waiting for this to come along, you know, and Indeed. whatever it is that we think about it and, and, and the social community groups are working very well at the moment. So that's a good thing to focus on. But however we do it, there is a way there is action to make. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Absolutely. Man. Um, yeah. Mate, uh, anything else you want to cover off before we uh, wind up this episode? No, mate. Um, just to just encourage everyone to go. If you haven't, check head into your latest news agent. If you're in Australia, pick up the latest edition of New Dawn magazine. You know, one of the only print sources of alternative information um, that's that's still available. You know, started in Melbourne in 1991, so it's good to be able to share my thoughts on on some of these things in the magazine. And you know, you can pick up the last two. Round of pieces for that of one, that. Man. well done for getting published in something like that too good stuff yeah thanks for that mate it's mm. and and it's good like it helps with the older generation as well that aren't online you know for example my nan um she was able to go pick up a copy just from her local news agent and finally be exposed to some of the concepts that i talk about online because she can't get online she doesn't mm. know how that works mm. you know so it's just different avenues of getting the word out there but mainly it's because it's print, man. So if thousands of copies are out there, they're going to be out there. It's not. It's not going to go disappearing in some digital dark age. It's not going to, you know, if the internet goes down or websites get deleted, it's still going to be out there somewhere. Someone's bought those copies, you know. Yeah, sure. So you. the the ideas live beyond the internet in print. So if you're out there and you know, you I do encourage everyone just to pick up a, a copy. It's like eight bucks or whatever. It's it's cheap change. It helps support alternative media and you get to read some of my sort of expanded thoughts on all of this and yeah as always just check out our websites totnews.com realnewsaustralia.com and 
you know, we're going to keep putting the information out there for everyone. Yeah. How good would it be if someone, if you know, someone out there goes and grabs, if you've got a bit of money, go and grab a whole bunch of copies of that and go around to like a bunch of like, you know, hair salons, dentists, whatnot, you know, put those on the coffee tables for people to read. And, you know, imagine the exposure you'll get then if, if all those people are sort of reading, you know, the waiting room style, pick up a magazine yeah. and have a read. Yeah. yeah. How good would that be? So if anyone's out there, if you're finished with it or, you know, make photocopy the ones that you want out of it, but um, maybe go and donate that to uh to someone to someone in the public who might just pick that up and enlighten themselves i think that's a good idea yeah absolutely mate it's it's all about getting that word out there however we can you know whether it's through podcasts or our website or through magazines it's 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 all about getting that awareness out there so people can can take those steps in in their lives so yeah Absolutely, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 honoured that I can be a part of it, and that people and continue to read my words and read our words, general, and listen in, and you know, from here it's it's just going to be a, a path of positivity, and and what what can we do to get out of this situation? So, yeah. oh hey man, just um, let everyone know too. Um, have you got a link uh, once again to or handy for that Guardian article that actually linked to you? So everyone out there listening, the Guardian, everyone knows that the Guardian newspaper online and whatnot. Um, they actually linked to one of Ethan's <laughs> articles in uh, in a piece that they put up. They actually used. Um, they're one of the few kind of websites out there, news websites that actually do provide links to the things they're talking about, mm. uh, and they actually link to to one of your pieces with regards to the to the NBN rollout and. Uh, the, the 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 kerfuffle that the whole thing actually was um so it was yeah. really good to see that you said that to me. I was like that's <laughs> awesome man yeah a bit of a bit of mainline exposure there yeah it's good you know every every now and again we sort of we get in there you know amongst amongst the mainstream out there mate and and this was good you know the it was actually the editor of the money section who published that article so somewhere along the line he's come across my article and that's just because over in the uk now they're they're obviously proposing similar infrastructure to the NBN. So I come on and had a look and it was just going through the roof and saw that heaps of traffic was coming from Guardian. And, you know, I, I see all over Twitter people are going, but look what happened in Australia. Look what happened in Australia. So, you know, another piece of, of news that sort of got out into a mainstream topic that hopefully, you know, if, if people are having a scroll through the website, they might be exposed to some deeper information that they might not have seen before. So, it's all about putting that out there, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely provide a link to that so everyone can go check it out. But yes, we're we're setting the news now, General. Yeah, mate. And like I said, when you messaged that to me, um, you know, I, I, I said to you, look, I, I bet it's the only quality piece that they could find that criticizes the NBN without bias. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I bet you they probably looked online for like, you know, Sydney Morning Herald and all that sort of stuff to find something about the NBN, but it, it would have been shit. And they just they've just grabbed yours and gone, yeah, this is much fucking better, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so kudos to once again on that one, man. Good stuff, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Another another mainstream news outlet to to put on on the list of TOTT. Um, you know, so it's 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 good. It's good, and hopefully out there people you know if they discover it they they continue on and get exposed to our information out there so yeah, that's there the is a method behind the madness sometimes you might not think that an article is too pressing or too important or you might have seen this before but you know there's there's sometimes i'm always thinking about those types of things how yeah. can i get this as an article as a reference somewhere else how can i get more people exposed to this information so it paid off in this instance yeah, and man proud of it yeah and good resource to uh to fall back on too like it's really good yeah like like you said 
you might not be uh, completely on topic at the time when you put that out there, but um, you know, there's there's all you can always fall back on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it wasn't just you that was falling back on it; someone else <laughs> felt fall back on that one and went, "Man, this is good. I'm gonna I'm gonna link to this one." <laughs> yeah, yep. so, yeah, good stuff. All right, man. All right. Well, let's um, wrap up this episode uh, of. Uh, the general knowledge podcast season two episode two uh andy of course wasn't here for this one he's uh over in uh, png conducting some business over there as he does and he'll be back hopefully for the next one uh we should be back in about a fortnight for uh episode three and we'll go from there thanks again man thanks general thanks to everyone out there you have meddled with the primal forces of nature mr Beale, and i won't have it is that clear You think you merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? You get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price-cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast and ecumenical holding company.
for whom all men will work to serve a common profit, in which all men will hold a share of stock, all necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused. And I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. Why me? Because you're on television, dummy. Sixty million people watch you every night of the week, Monday through Friday. I have seen the face of God. You just might be right, Mr. Beale. 